the Bible study that I'm a part of, we've been reading in First Corinthians, and last night we talked about um, chapter 10 and how the children of Israel, although they had all, you know, um, drank from the same spiritual rock and been delivered and crossed through the Red Sea and, you know, experienced all these miracles from the Lord and, and his provision and his mercy and his kindness, right, they still um, were idolaters and they still were sexually immoral and they still complained and murmured and they still like you know were far they their hearts were far from him you know and and I'm just thinking to myself as I'm reading those things of course um I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading those things like isn't it funny how we can be a part of these these communities and assemblies and gatherings you know, and experience like the hand of God, the manifest presence of God, see people get healed, go through deliverance, like say the prayers, do the things, you know, and still um, our God is in our appetite. Our God is our in our bellies, like the things that we desire and the things that we crave and the things that we want. That's what we're submitted to and not submitted to God, you know, um, even in our seeking and even in our church gatherings and even in our pastoring and even in our you know, like jobs and duties and titles, it's still so that the glory can come to us. You know, it's not even, it, it stops being about who he is. And sometimes the idol is not a, 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 a graven image. Sometimes it's just yourself. Sometimes it's the life that you wish you had. Sometimes it's your comfort. Sometimes it's somebody else's life, you know? And so you covet in your heart and you, and you grieve the things that you don't have. Um, all the while having the savior it just don't make sense you know um and so anyway i, I was thinking about um riches and and um and earthly riches and i was brought to luke 12 and and in in luke 12 is the parable of the rich fool that's what it's called right and i want to read um starting at verse 15 Watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told him the parable. A rich man's land was very productive, so he thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? This is what I wrote in the margins of my Bible. That was um, your first mistake. If God has blessed you with provision in any area of your life, this could be your gifting, this can be, um, you know, like a favor, this could be like a monetary wealth, any kind of wealth, any kind of gift or provision from God. Um, the first thing that you do is you ask him what to do with it. You consult the Holy Spirit first. You don't say to yourself, let me strategize. Let me think about what I would like. Let me, in my own mind and in my own understanding, come to, you know, an opinion or a decision about what should happen with, with what God has given me. Okay? That was, that's your first mistake. Right? In that same way, this is why I think, this is part of the reason why I think the tithe is important. It's because what you're saying with the first tenth of your income, any income that you receive is that, Okay, I'm acknowledging God first. I'm saying, Lord, I'm honoring you with the first so that you can help me store, steward the rest. I'm honoring you with the first fruits to show you that you're actually God. 
and that these things don't really belong to me. You just lent them to me. You just allowed me to have them. And ultimately, you want me to be a good steward of every, any and everything that you give me. So that's that principle of first fruits is an acknowledgement of God first. Okay. This is another issue that we see manifest in the garden. Because when Eve is tempted, the enemy asks her, did God really say? And this is, this is what the enemy does. He know what you heard and you know what you heard. But what, you, what do you do? You rationalize. Your desire leads you to rationalize. The thing that you want leads you to say, well, maybe if I, okay, I won't get drunk. I won't get drunk. I'll just, and you know you got a propensity. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm just going to have a few drinks. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to just do an edible. I'm not going to, I'm not going to smoke. I'm just, I'm okay. I'm going to come to the club, but I'm not going to stay the whole time. <laughs> Rationalizing. My dad used to tell us when we were really young, like never underestimate a human's capacity to rationalize. A person can rationalize murder. A person can rationalize anything based on their desire. And this is, again, what 1 Corinthians 10 says. It says, like, look, God does not want you to be led astray and to desire evil things. He wants to be your desire. Because when you desire evil things, you become an idolater. You become the kind of person that puts any and everything above Christ and him crucified, above the God who delivered you. And, and such things ought, be, ought not be so. Check this out. Not consulting with God about the gift that he gave you. We see that is present in the garden because God gave the tree. And he said, this is not good for you to eat. But instead of, instead of consulting him and coming to him and remembering what he's told you, you decide, hmm, this is what I'll do for myself. In my mind, I'm reasoning not with the help of the Holy Ghost, but with the help of my flesh. I want this thing. And the Bible says, Eve looked at it and she saw it was good. It was good. It looked good and it tastes good. So you discern it to yourself. Oh, it's good. But th that's not necessarily the case, right? So, Eve eats the fruit. <clears throat> okay? And we all know where that led us. Cursed and a mess. Now, same issue with Lucifer. God's blessed him with this beauty, with this gifting, right? And instead of consulting God about the gift that he gave him and asking him what to do, even taking the desire to be worshipped to God, to the God that created him, what if he would have done that? Instead of doing that, what does he do? I'm finna take, I'm finna take some of my uh, rounds with me. And we, and we going to start our own little kingdom. And thus, the drama begins. All because you don't want to consult a good God about his good plan for you. Because what you think, you discern in, in and of yourself what's good. So here's what the rich fool continues to say. What should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? Ah, oh, I know. I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, 
You have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. Isn't that what we do? We get our retirement, right? We get our little, our little Roth IRAs. You know, our little bonds. You know, we get our little nest egg together. Um, if we need to get multiple accounts, we do that. If we need to get multiple storage units, we do that. If we need to acquire multiple properties, we do that. Hear what I'm saying. Do I think you should be trying to build generational wealth? Of course. Of course. Of course. Do I think it's wise to have a savings? Yes, I do. But when the onus, like as with anything... When the onus is placed squarely on what you can amass and not what you can give and not how you can serve the needs of others and the needs of the kingdom, that's when you that's when the mistake comes because that's idolatry, right? Okay. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life is demanded of you and the things you've prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Woof. Look, this is this is what it says um, later on in that chapter. Let's start at 29. Don't strive or yeah, verse 29. Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that don't grow old and an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ooh, wee. way of making everything but God our treasure and it shows out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks it shows in how we talk it shows in what we admire you know I said last night you can tell everything you need to know about a person you can find out by what they desire so I'm going to pray for us because like selfish ambition is, is random and, you know, I get on my timeline and on YouTube and even when I turn on the TV, like, I feel like they just mowed their lawn yesterday. So I'm confused right now. I, I truly am. Um, you know, like, and we're being advertised to and like, like, I'm just seeing so much about how to improve me and, and my aesthetic and like, my surroundings and my things and just like acquiring more and more and more on all the while selling me the idea that the more I amass and the more I acquire the happier I'll be but really if the acquiring is a thing that makes me happy then I'll never be happy because I'll never have enough stuff the Bible flips that rhetoric on its head and it says actually the more you give the happier you'll be when you live your life as a response to what God has done for you. Like, he who has been forgiven much loves much. When you've been forgiven a debt, you don't hold, you don't hold things over other people's heads. When you've been forgiven a debt, 
you don't you don't find yourself as a knee-jerk reaction being offense having offense against someone because it's like here's what offense is rooted in it's rooted in pride because even if you're hurt there's a difference between being hurt and staying hurt even if you're hurt okay that doesn't mean that you cannot be quick to forgive i can still honor how i feel and grieve um being disappointed without trying to lord my pain over somebody else and making them pay and wanting to make them feel the weight of what they've done to me i've been forgiven god doesn't make me carry the weight of what i've done to him and his son hung on the cross died a criminal's death okay was beaten and bruised for my iniquity the chastisement for my peace was upon him and by the stripes that he took i'm healed what do I look like being petty with you? What do I look like um, um, telling somebody home? It's, I didn't. I, I work hard for my money. Everything you have is because God lets you have it. Give him that five dollars and go move on about your day, and stop it, because you don't even know if that's an angel. That's what the Bible says. You've you've entertained angels unawares. You don't even know. And whatever you've done to the least, you've done to God. Stop telling people, go be, I'm praying for you. Go be, go be fed. Go be clothed. No, you feed them. You clothe them. You tell them to come to your house. You give them, you let them stay in your Airbnb. You let them borrow your car that's in the garage that you don't drive. You do it. You take them to the job fair. You give them the, the clothes that's in your closet that you don't even wear. You, didn't, you don't even have to take it off your back. You have excess. You have overflow. You do it. And stop being so concerned about what God can do for you. Has he not already done enough? You're going to get the stuff when you turn your attention toward him. He's going to add it to you. But work for him. Work for him. Work not unto man. Work for him. Seek him. Value him. Love him. Serve him. And in doing that, you're going to serve his kids. Anyone who has blessed me blesses my kids because they're attached to me. Anyone who's let me have a break or anybody who's, who's, who's purchased a service or anyone who's listened to a podcast episode or anyone who's sewn into me in any way, shape, or form, my kids get the fruit of that. And in the same way, when you serve God, his children get the fruit of that. Do not waste your life being concerned about what you can get. The Bible is clear. It's it's more blessed to give than to receive and the giving is the gift in and of itself christ gave you want to be called a christian give you want to be called a christian love you want to be called a christian wash feet you want to be called a christian sacrifice you want to be called a christian tithe you want to be called a christian sow. because here's the thing god is not going to be mocked Whatever you sow, you will reap, period. You're not going to plant one seed and think miraculously you're going to yield something else. That's not how it works. So I say this all the time, but like my husband says, like, I talk like hard sometimes and, and I talk like very matter of factly. And the reason that I do is because the things that I'm talking about are a matter of life and death. I'm not attacking you. I'm not even trying to convict you because that's not my job. That's the job of the Holy Ghost. All I'm saying is you are willingly being fed nonsense. And I'm trying to give you meat. 
and you can take it or leave it. I will not shove it down your throat. But I am saying that there's much more to life, much more to life than what you can get out of it.